God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Today on the podcast, we're doing a checkup. Many people and believers are at different levels. Some are contemplating to come in and be a Christian. Some are in another faith altogether. And then the ones that are in the true revelation of Jesus, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, wonder, where are we? Where am I at? What is before me? What else needs to be done? It's kind of like that uh, rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, uh, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, keep the commandments. And he said, which ones? Well, you know, honor your father and mother, don't steal, don't bear false witness, just in general, uh, the Ten Commandments. He said, all these I've kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Now, that's a good question. What lack I yet? Do I lack anything? And if so, what is it? Well, that's what this podcast will be. What lack I yet? And many believers are at different levels. So it's a good thing for the fathers. We'll turn the hearts to the children, children to the fathers. Lest God said, I'll come and smite the earth with a curse. So we examine ourselves to see whether we be in the faith, lest we be reprobate. So here we go. There, a person that's not even in the faith and uh, is looking at becoming a Christian. And they've heard this said or that spoken or that taught or that preached, and they wonder what is the truth. Well, taking a look at it from the biblical perspective and what the Word says, to be born again must be born of the water and the Spirit, and that's a newborn baby. They are the first level of believers. We see in John 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and Rabbi, thou art a teacher from God. And Jesus tells him how to be born again. Nicodemus, you must be born of the water and the spirit. Nicodemus says, well, how is a man that is old enter the second time into his mother's womb? He's looking at it in a natural fashion. Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot inherit or enter the kingdom of God. Well, that's more than just repentance. And we're told today that everyone just simply repent and you're fine. You've been born again. You've asked Jesus to come into your heart. Or you've said the sinner's prayer. Well, you've repented, but that is not born again. So looking at the word of God, born of the water and the spirit, we have in Mark 16, I'm sorry, Matthew 16, that Jesus stated to his disciples, ask a question. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some say you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But who do you say I am? Now, this was asked to his disciples. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood, hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter. 
Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The keys of the kingdom were given to Peter. There is the reason why Peter is the spokesperson. He is the one that's going to be the officiator, the preacher, on the day of Pentecost because he has the keys to the kingdom. Now, starting at that church age, in Acts, the first chapter, Jesus is going to ascend to heaven. He's already been died on the cross, buried, rose again. He's seen alive after his passion for 40 days to as many as over 500 brethren at one time. And there he says, now wait. Then there in the upper room until you be endued with power from on high. That's your next step. Well, they asked Jesus, will you at this time, Lord, restore again the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to put the millennial reign now? Will all nations be blessed in Israel now? And Jesus said, it is not given for you to know the times and seasons that God has put in his own power. But you shall receive power that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, Jesus was taken up. Two angels standing there said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus that you see ascend into heaven will also come back in like manner. Well, they went to the upper room. From that time of the season of Pentecost. Now, we've already had Passover and leavened bread and first fruits. That season of Passover has already happened. Jesus has died, buried, and rose again. There comes the next season, which is Shabbat, Pentecost. It's a total different season. And then that season is called Pentecost. Pentecost, 50 days. And why is it called that? Because it's a feast of weeks. Shabbat. You will number seven Sabbaths. Seven times seven is 49. From the Feast of First Fruits. That is 49 days after First Fruits. And on the morrow, 49 plus 1 is 50. Pentecost. And it says in Acts 2, the first verse, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that season has to be right on time according to God's calendar. It's called those seasons of the Feast of the Lord, or Moed, the divine appointments of God with man, that known to the Lord are all his works from the beginning. So that started the church age of grace. There will be another season that will be the kingdom age, that dispensation. But now we are in that dispensation of grace, the church age. And we must be obedient in all things according to that season that we're in. 
walking in the light as he's in the light. And we have fellowship one with another, blood flow, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Well, they were in one mind and one accord. Suddenly, there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and uh, cloven tongues of fire appeared and set on each one of them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, Acts 2, 4. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. That's a new thing. In that season, called the former rain. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my Spirit. Because Peter said, these, these are not drunken with wine, as you suppose, seeing it's only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is the former rain. Now, there's a latter rain coming also. It'll be a new thing that God is doing. A radical change. That was a radical change back then in the former rain. No one had spoken tongues before. They had not been filled with the Holy Ghost. There as a body of Christ. The Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them, when it signified, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. Well, they had to be anointed, king, priest, or prophet. But now, God in sundry times and divers manners, spake unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of, of all things. So now, a believer, you don't have to go to a prophet. You don't have to go to a king or a priest. You have every right to go within the veil with all boldness in the Lord Jesus Christ, spoken to us with the voice of the Son of God. That's available to all believers. Well, how are we born again? Well, they were pricked in their heart. They said, men and brethren, what must we do? Acts 2.37. Peter, standing up along with the other eleven, Matthew there also, said, repent. Now, that's the first step. And be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, that's a contradiction. That's a contradiction of Matthew 28, 19. Because Jesus said, go ye into all the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And lo, I'm with you always until the end of the world. Amen. Well, Father and the name of that Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, is that singular name. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Not names, name. Well, we have to know the name. Well, it was given to Peter. He had the keys of the kingdom. He is the one, through the unction of the Holy Ghost, that is going to give us that plan of salvation. The beginning. How to be born again, of the water and the spirit. And for us to do a checkup, what lacketh I yet 
just as the rich young ruler asked Jesus. Well, we need to check and make sure that we have done these promises and obedience. There, Peter said, repent. Not just say the sinner's prayer, but you want to be born of the water and the spirit. But somebody said, well, our pastor said, we just repent, say the sinner's prayer, and we're born again. Or we ask Jesus to come into our heart, we're born again. No, that is not Bible, not biblical. That's not what Jesus said. That's not the, what Peter stated as the truth of being born of the water and the spirit. And that's just newborn babes. It's not fully grown. Newborn babes. And well, then where did all this come from? Well, it came from man speaking their man's commandments for the doctrine of God. It's a, the tradition of the elders has made the word of God in none effect. We're doing what we think is right in our own eyes, but it's not biblical. And we're going to be judged by the Bible, the word of God. So when we do a checkup, if we've only repented, well, we need to be born again of the water and the spirit. Well, my pastor told me, i am already got that. No, we have the biblical command given to us by Peter who had the keys to the kingdom. Standing up there alone with the other 11, which Matthew was right there. If there was a contradiction, Matthew would have said, wait a minute, Peter, that's wrong. But he didn't because it's the truth. By Peter stating, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He was given us the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Father's not a name. That is a function of the Spirit. The Father is the invisible Spirit of God. The name of the Son is the same as the name of the Father. Well, the Son is the same Spirit as the Father, except it's revealed. The Father revealed, manifest, seen. And that's the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God was. That's the Father of glory. No man is seeing God at any time, but the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. He's the image of the invisible God. He is the express image of his person, singular person. There's only one God. There's only one person of God. The Son of God is that singular person of God, revealed. The Father revealed. No one had ever seen God before, but Jesus said, now if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me, tabernacles permanently in me forever. There, he's the one doing the works. If you don't believe that, then believe me for the work's sake. What work? 
He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and the captive went free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me, Jesus said. Well, the only revealed name of God given among men under heaven, whereby we must be saved, is Jesus. Acts 4.12. There, so we've been lied, lied to, saying that repentance is salvation. No, godly sorrow, godly sorrow. We're sorry for our sins. Godly sorrow, work it. Godly sorrow, work it, repentance. Unto salvation. Not is salvation, but works unto it. It's a first step to it. Godly sorrow. Worketh repentance. That's what works repentance is sorrow. We know we have sinned. We need a Savior. And we repent. We're saying repentance is we're going to live according to the dictates, to the commandments of God, to the leading of the Holy Ghost. And by doing that, it's called repentance. But is that enough? No. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. That's what works repentance. Unto salvation, not to be repented of. Well, then we've been told that's the only step there is. And that's all there is. That is another lie. Because we are to grow up into Jesus in all things unto perfection. Jesus stated that in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven. Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in Heaven is perfect. My goodness, somebody said, that's impossible. No, it's not. Jesus said it. It's impossible for a man to do, but in the Holy Ghost and through the power of God, leading us and guiding us into all truth, It's very possible, and it will happen according to the leading of God and the power of God unto salvation through the Holy Ghost, not through our own works, not of the law, not the works of the law, lest any man should boast, but the righteousness which is of God by faith. And we're saved by grace through faith. Well, we repent, but we're not born of the water yet, and we're not born of the Spirit yet. But we've repented. A good fundamentalist doctrine states you started repentance. That's true. But that's not the entirety of it. That's not the full summation of it. That is not the entire truth of it. That just is the first step. Repentance. Which worketh. That sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. So, how are you born of the water? Well, we need to check and make sure we are. How are we born of the Spirit? We need to check and make sure we are. And that's just to get into the kingdom of God as babies, newborn babies, new creatures in Christ Jesus. Well, Peter gives us that. And he's, he's got the keys to the kingdom. They said, men and brethren, what must we do? This is not some suggestion. And Peter says, standing up along with the other 11, said, repent, Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name 
of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, Matthew said, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the name of the Father, invoking the name is invoking the blood. And the blood is not applied without water. <laughs> That's the reason Moses, even in the Old Testament, when he gathered the people, he sprinkled both the book and the people with the blood, with water. Hebrews tells us that. That's the reason when Jesus was pierced in his side by longinus, therefore came out water and blood. Not blood only, water and blood. This is he that came by water and blood. Not just by blood only, water and blood. Well, what's the water? Water, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, I thought it was a washing water of the word. Well, there is a washing water of the word there in the continuing walking in faith. But to be born of the water is baptism, and it is essential for salvation. We see that stated in in Matthew 28, 19, baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which is now revealed by Peter in Acts 2.38, that name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. And when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you take on his name for all that have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And the whole family in heaven and in earth is named that name. You're called by that name of Jesus. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. And that is your ceiling. If we continue to walk in the light, as he's in the light. Then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That blood is contingent on us obeying God and obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6. So obedience is required. Of course it is. You can't say you live for God and, and go out and lie, cheat, and steal and, and holler you're a Christian. That's ludicrous. It's simply not so. Well, to be born of the water and the Spirit is given to us in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Well, somebody said, well, I have an NLT Bible, or I have uh, an ESB or whatever uh, translation there, and it says, because my sins are remitted, and I'm baptized. Well, that is a lie. It's total error. Because that contradicts Acts 8, 16, Acts 10, Acts 19. It contradicts Romans 2, 28 and 29. It contradicts Romans 6, 1 through 4. It contradicts Colossians 2, 10 through 12. And we'll cover those briefly so that you'll know that it is water baptism. That is essential for salvation. 1 Peter 3, in the days of the long suffering of God, in the days of Noah, of which eight souls were saved by water. Somebody says, so what? The light figure 
That's a figure showing us an example to us. The like figure that baptism doth also now, right now, in this church age, saves us. Baptism doth already now save us? Yet. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, not just taking a bath or a shower, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. The conscience is in the spirit of man. Communion, you're going to commune with the spirit, something here in the, in under the sun in the days of your life. And that communion is who you commune with, whatever your God is, or if it's the Lord Jesus Christ, in obedience unto righteousness, you serve him. Either servants of sin unto death or servants of obedience unto righteousness. One of the two. That born of the water, we see given commandment by Peter in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. Who? Every one of Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Not because your sins are remitted. That's a lie. How do we know that? Because it says that in each case, Romans 2, 28 and 29, he is not a Jew that is one outwardly and the circumcision of the flesh and a natural Jew, but he is a Jew that is one inwardly. And that what? Circumcision of the heart in the spirit whose praise is not a man, but of God. Circumcision of the heart. How do you get your heart, your spirit circumcised? Well, you can't do it by asking Jesus to come into your heart. That doesn't do anything. Well, the word of God tells us very specifically how you get your heart circumcised. How do you believe and how to believe with your heart in the spirit of man? Romans 2, 28 and 29. Well, Romans 6, 1 through 4 tells us. Paul stating, what? Know you not that as many of you were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? You died with the Lord in that, oh, watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Romans 6, 4 tells you why. That the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. Not that it already has been destroyed, that it might be destroyed by baptism. Which that means that your new translation saying, because your sins are already remitted is a lie. The commentators and the translators did not translate it correctly. And that's the reason why we have to be very careful about the translators and uh, man's tradition of these elders that's made the word of God in none effect. So we see there in Romans 6, 1 through 4, it's baptism, buried in a watery grave. You've been buried with Christ in baptism. Romans 6, 4, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. You also have that in Colossians 2, 10 through 12. Said you're complete in him, and you have need of nothing else. In whom you're circumcised, there's that circumcised cut. Circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. 
How do you make a circumcision made without hands? How do you do that? I'm going to turn here to it. I'm going to, and, and make a note in your Bible uh, in Colossians that you will see very specifically that anyone that says you're baptized because your sins are already forgiven is a lie. Very erroneous lie. And why baptism is so important. When you see it in Colossians 2, mark it down, verse 10 through 12. Why get baptized? It's born of the water, which is essential to be born again. And it says there in verse 10, uh, Colossians 2, talking about the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And then it's verse 10. It says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Watch the next verse, 11. In whom also you are circumcised, cut, with a circumcision made without hand. Well, what's a circumcision made without hands? Why you do it? In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. This is a spiritual circumcision. How? Buried with him in baptism. That's water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, he's been baptized into Christ. He's put on Christ. And all through the book of Acts, you will never see anyone baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Father's not a name. I'm a father. I have a son and a daughter, but that's not my name. I'm a son of my father. But that's not my name. And the Holy Ghost, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus, Jesus Christ. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you because you will be filled with Christ in you. The Lord is that spirit. He is the Holy Ghost. Well, what's the name? Jesus. Well, it says here, you're buried with him in baptism, Colossians 2.12. Underline that. We're talking about eternity here. We don't want to miss this. I hate to hear, depart from me, you the work of iniquity. You didn't, you didn't do the will of God. It's very plain. Buried with him in baptism to waste of the news of life. Well, we see that circumcision of the heart in the spirit in Romans 2, 28 and 29. We say in Romans 6, 1 through 4, that is, the body of the sins of flesh might be destroyed by baptism. And Paul says it again here in Colossians 2, 10 through 12. Verse 12 says, buried with him in baptism. Why? Wherein also you were risen with him through the faith. The faith of what? The faith of the operation of God. Who? hath raised him from the dead through faith in the operation of God. I didn't think that was faith. I was told that was works. No, it's not works. It's faith. You're believing God. When you go under water, baptism in the name of Jesus, submerged, not sprinkled, baptized. Baptism means to be placed under, submerged, 
in the name of Jesus Christ. You're buried with him in baptism. Romans 6, 4, that the body that sins the flesh might be destroyed. You have faith in this operation of God, whom he hath raised him from the dead. What faith in this operation? What operation? God takes a spiritual scaffold and operates on your human spirit. And it's a circumcision made without hands. It's not a natural doctor. That spiritual circumcision is made without hands. It's faith in this operation of God that is cut off the foreskin of your heart that called the body of the sins of the flesh. Let remitted, circumcised, cut off. That means that most that claim to be Christians have missed the mark. They have not obeyed the commandment of God. They haven't believed Peter who had the keys of the kingdom, literally starting the embryonic church age in the dispensation of grace. They've missed the mark. There's no other way to be born of the water except water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. We see that in Acts 2.38, Acts 8.16, Acts 10, uh, the house of Cornelius of the Italian band. We see it in Acts 19, Paul come upon certain brethren. They were the ones that were fundamentalists of the day. They've been baptized with a baptism of repentance. That's all they had. They had repented. And Paul asked them, Acts 19, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? He said, sirs, we don't know whether there'd be any Holy Ghost. We've never heard of anything like that. Well, they hadn't heard this true dispensation of grace to be born of the water and the spirit. So Paul asked, under then what were you baptized? Have you not heard this? This born of the water and the spirit that brother Peter brought to you on the day of Pentecost said, no, we've never even heard of it. Under then what were you baptized? They said, well, we were baptized under John's baptism. John the Baptist. He just said, well, Paul stated, well, John did truly baptize with the baptism of repentance. Water unto repentance. But repentance is not born of the water and the spirit. It's a first step. You must repent if you're not going to live it. If you're not going to change a change of your, your intellect that you're going to follow the leading of God, obey his word, that's repentance. It's something you have a volition, your will to do. I'm going to repent. Now, a godly sorrow brings us to that point. Godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. It gets us toward it not to be repented of. And, but we have to go on. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. Well, they had, in Acts 19, they had believed Apollos, the silver tongue orator of Alexandria, that was preaching 
the doctrine of repentance there of John the Baptist, and they had believed it. But when Paul explained to them that John the Baptist truly did uh, preach the baptism of water unto repentance, but he preached to them Jesus Christ, the true gospel, Ananias, uh, Sapphira, uh, and Ananias and had lied to the Holy Ghost in selling out, literally being killed because they lied to the Holy Ghost. But these weren't lying. They had followed the gospel of Jesus Christ to what they had heard. They weren't disqualified for any reason. They were sincere in their hearts but they just had not obeyed the truth. So Paul stated, he, he went to preach to them Jesus Christ, and they believed, and they were baptized in the name of Jesus. There is born of the water. And Paul laid hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and spake with tongues and prophesied born of the water and the spirit. Somebody said, well, my pastor told me that born of the water is just born of the water, watching water, the word. You just believe the word. That's has nothing to do with water. Well, we look at Acts, the 10th chapter. We have the house of Cornelius, first Gentile of the Italian band. that's going to be born again. Peter says, I see that God's no respecter of persons as he goes to Cornelius's house and he's preaching Jesus. Here is a man in his house gathered there together to hear words of Peter as Peter's preaching and they have not been baptized and with John's baptism. They haven't repented. They haven't done anything. But Peter's told to go to the house of Cornelius and bring them the gospel. Cornelius obeys and sends for the house of Simon a tanner, sends for Peter, and then he comes. As Peter is preaching to Cornelius and his household, preaching Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost falls, and they are filled with the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit first. Well, somebody said, well, they were born of the Spirit. They don't need to worry about water because they've got the Holy Ghost. They've got the washing water of the word. They, they've got the power of God and the salvation. They don't need that water. Well, not what Peter said. They are born of the spirit, but they're not born of the water yet. So Peter's, after he heard them speak with other tongues, known, knowing that they had been filled with the Holy Ghost, for he heard them speak with other tongues and praising God said, can any man forbid water, H2O, that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them. This wasn't a suggestion. This wasn't another work of grace because your sins are forgiven. No, that the body that sins of the flesh has to be destroyed. And he commanded them 
to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You can read it in Acts, the 10th chapter. No other way to be born again, the plan of salvation, is uh, born of the water and the spirit given to us by the keys of the kingdom that Peter had on the day of Pentecost that is to us today. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Because that is the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. For the remission of your sins. Not because your sins are remitted. That's the reason that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed by baptism. That's the reason you're baptized, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. Colossians 2, 10 through 12, by baptism. Water baptism in the name of Jesus. There is where many have missed being born again. Now they've had an experience in God. They repented. That's wonderful. That's one step, and God will honor repentance, but that's not born again. <laughs> you must be born again of the water and the Spirit. And that's the reason why so many people, when they believe and repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of their sins, born of the water, they feel like they can fly. They feel like a great weight has been destroyed off of them. Why? Because the sin is that weight that does so easily beset us. It is a weight carried in the spirit of man. Well, you have in your human spirit communion. You're going to commune with something. Whatever your God is, you're going to commune with it. Whether it be mammon, money, or whether it be the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you have conscience, conscience, conscience. What you've learned there, right from wrong. The conscience itself bearing witness. Then there's intuition. That intuition is things that you've learned without the human intellect. It's given to you. Notice the conscience is in that human spirit. Having your conscience, your conscience purged from dead works. Why? Because the body of the sins of the flesh is there. In the spirit of man, not in the intellect, not in the soul, mind, will, emotion, imagination, and intellect. It's not something you imagine. It's in the human spirit. In the, in the pneuma of man. Not the suke, not the psych, not the soul, but definitely in the spirit. And that's the reason why Hebrews says, having your conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God. What got rid of the dead works? The body of the sins of the flesh, destroyed by baptism. That's the answer of a good conscience toward God. First Peter 3, as in the days of the long-suffering, in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved by water, the like figure that baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good uh, conscience toward God. That spirit's renewed. 
There, born of the water, the body of the sins of the flesh is destroyed. It's cut off, circumcised. Then what happens? Well, then you get filled with the Holy Ghost in your human spirit. Then you receive the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God. Now the Spirit of God is greater than he that's in you, than he that's in the world. It's the power of God into salvation. It's now leading you and guiding you from your human spirit to your having your mind renewed, not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is now called sanctification. But to start off, you must be born again. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. I know what most of your Bible says, because your sins are already remitted. No, that's contradictory to Romans 2, 28, 29. It's contradictory to Romans 6, 1 through 4. It's contradictory to what Paul said to the church at Colossia. Second chapter, verse 10 through 12. It's contradictory to the book of Acts. In Acts 8, 16, Acts 10, Acts 19, even Paul in Acts 23 gives an account of what happened to him on the Damascus Road. Paul wrote 14 books of the New Testament. There he's seen God on that road, knocked down. And that great light that he said, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. He said, who are you, Lord? That's Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Who are you? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks, Paul. It's hard. You're kicking against the front the point of the plow chair. You're kicking against the point of the plow. That'd be a bloody mess. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. He tells him then, not only has he seen God, he's had the revelation of the name Jesus. He is called to preach and be an example of long suffering. He'll be an apostle to the Gentiles and he's blinded for three days. And Ananias is sent to him to receive his sight back, healed of his blindness. Now, here's a man that's seen God, has a revelation of the name of God, Jesus, who knows his calling and is healed of his blindness. And still, his sins remained. What? Yes, <laughs> his sins still remain. So Ananias says, Why tarriest thou, Saul? Arise. Be baptized, washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Invoke that name, Jesus. For what reason? To wash away your sins. Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. For what reason? Washing away your sins. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after he'd seen the Lord, had the revelation of the name of the Lord, Jesus, knowing his calling and healed of blindness, and still 
is said remain until he was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What? For the heart to be circumcised, your conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God. Well, how's our checkup going? Are you okay so far? Well, hopefully so. Now that's just newborn babies. <laughs> most are not even there. The fundamentalist doctrine and in most in the Pentecostal realm, they have been taught water has nothing to do with salvation. How great a lie. That's a colossal lie. The word of God teaches otherwise. Well, assuming that you have repented and you have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's not the name. You haven't invoked the name. Therefore, you baptize Father, Son, Holy Ghost, your sins still remain. You have to invoke the name. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Invoke that name. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the name in the book of Acts is never more preach in any man, this man's name in the name of Jesus. Don't preach anymore in that man's name, Jesus. Why? Because you intend to bring his blood upon us. The blood name of God is Jesus. That's the only name that will wash away your sins. Jesus. Jehovah's salvation. My God has become my Savior. Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. Well, let's assume that we've done that. Check, we've repented. Two, check, we've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Born of the water for the remission of our sins. We've got that. Third, and we've received the Holy Ghost with the outward evidence of speaking in other tongues. Why? Because it said, those that believe in my name, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall speak with new tongues. Mark 16. There, then we've got that. We've got, we've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the outward evidence of speaking in other tongues. We have that in the spirit, we speak of the mysteries unto God. We're building up ourselves upon our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude 20. Now, the Holy Ghost is interceding for us according to the will of God. That's newborn babies. Now, let's go to the next step. 1 John 2, 12 through 14. Next step, I write to you little children. We've gone from babies to little children. What happens there? Well, I write to you little children because you've known the Father. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, the name of Jesus. You're born of water and the Spirit. And you have known that Jesus, you have known the Father, that Jesus is the Father of glory. If you'd have known me, Jesus said you should have known the Father. For henceforth you both know him and seen him. And that's where Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. That's sufficient. Jesus said, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus saying, He is the Father. John 8 24, when they ask, Where is your Father? The Pharisees asked Jesus, where is your father? Jesus said in John 8, 24, except you believe that I 
am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sins. That's essential for salvation. Those are little children. So we go from babies to little children. Somebody says there's more. Yes, much more. Well, how are we doing on the checkup? You repented? Check. Been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, that the body of the sins of flesh might be destroyed by baptism. Check that off. And you've received the Holy Ghost. Check that off. And you know that Jesus is the Father. See me? You've seen that. I and my Father are one. One and the same Spirit. John 10, 30. He is a blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. First Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. You know he's a father. Revelation 1, 8. Well, praise God. Well, then we can check that off. We're little children. Now, we're going to the next step of glory. Well, what's that? Young men, I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you. I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. Now you're doing the will of God. You're an overcomer. We see that focused on in Revelation, the second and third chapter, for those that will be overcomers in the last days. You've known the word of God. It's strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. That is those that have do the will of God, obedience unto righteousness. There is where we are now in the church. Right now in this present truth, young men, that's far, far greater than a newborn babe, which is unskillful in the word of righteousness, than little children, which is... They just knowing that Jesus is the Father, wonderful revelation. But then you go to young men. Those are overcomers, overcome the wicked one. They're doing the will of God. Not a hear of the word, but a do of the word. And we find that in Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service sanctification. Be not conformed to this world. Well, most other churches say, well, you can go to work Monday through Saturday, make as much money as you possibly can. Off to work you go because you owe, you owe, you owe. And then on Sunday, you're okay. Just give God a tithe and uh, go back to work again. No, be not conformed to this world, not for houses, lands, and cars, and bank accounts, and retirements, and stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and a stock portfolio, and and commodities of silver and gold, and uh, the the, uh, commodities there of orange juice, etc., whatever, or real estate holdings, or whatever the case is. Being not rich towards self, but rich toward God. And most there, I'm afraid, fail. Because Jesus told us, the grounds of a rich man brought forth plentifully. Good businessman. He was blessed. 
And he said, what shall I do? I know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater. I'll expand my business. And I'll say to my soul, so eat, drink, and take thine ease. For that has much good stored up for many years. Well, somebody said, well, what's wrong with that? He didn't lie, cheat, and steal. He didn't defraud anybody. He didn't deny anybody. Well, that night, a voice came from heaven and said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Oh, my goodness. He's born again. He's little children. He knows he's a father. What? Thy soul's required of thee? Then who shall those things be? So, so is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. You've got to be kidding. No. Jesus said to all believers, Luke 12, sell that you have, give alms, offering. Provide for yourself treasures in the heaven. Somebody said, I'm supposed to give it all away. You're not giving it away. You're providing for your account in heaven. Why would you do that? Sell that you have and give alms, offerings. Provide for yourselves treasures in the heavens where moth and rust doth not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. That takes faith. Well, can we say we're rich toward God and not rich toward self? Many will fail there. Well, if you can, then you, you, you're rich toward God and not rich towards the check that off. Then the final ceiling in the apocalyptic ceiling of Revelation 7. Sealing the people of God, the servants of God, in their forehead with the mind of Christ is the final step in glory. They've added to your faith. They've added to their faith virtue. They've been 100% truthful, truthful with God, following the leading of the Holy Ghost. But they added to their virtue, added to the faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. Now, people perish for lack of knowledge, but they have knowledge. And then added to their knowledge, temperance. Now, those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things. And they've added to their temperance, patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience that you'll receive a full reward, but let patience have a perfect work. Then patience, godliness. You've got to add to it godliness. Godliness is the God life. And that mystery of godliness, that God life is that God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached of the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up into glory. First Timothy 3.16, that allows us to have the life, the God life right here in this present evil world as a royal priesthood, lively stones built up a spiritual house whereby we offer praises unto God. That's godliness. Then you add to your godliness, that God life, brotherly kindness, condescending men of low estate, preferring your brother above yourself. Then the final step Charity. Charity is not love. God is love. Charity 
is the love for God in obedience grounded in the word of God, doing the will of God. Charity is the love of God in doing his will. That's charity. That's the reason charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. By doing the will of God, he will lead you on to perfection. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because you're doing the will of God. It's not just love for God. We don't love in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's what we do. We don't call him Lord, Lord, and do not the things he tells us. We're obedient. Obedience unto righteousness. For whosoever you yield your members and servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. To be carnally minded is death. Having the Holy Ghost, but not obeying it, unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, doing his will, there is an act of futility. In Matthew 7, Jesus stated, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Those are the ones that know that Jesus is the Father. Little children, born again. Not only born again, a newborn babe, but our little children. They know that Jesus is the Father. Calling him Lord. No man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. That's the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. But Jesus said, not all that say unto me, Lord, even though they're born again, will be able to enter in. Why? Because they did not do the will of God. For this thing, this gate, this gate to heaven is getting straight. Straight is the gate and narrow the way that leadeth unto life. Few there be that find it. How are we doing on our checklist? How are we adding up? Are we going from faith to faith? Are we going from glory to glory? Are we growing up into Jesus in all things? Not just one little verse, but all things. For faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. How are we adding up? How are we, as we look at introspection, examining ourselves, how are we stacking up? Well, are we doing the will of God? Because Jesus said, not only say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in, even though they had been born again, even though they were little children, even though they had the Holy Ghost and knew the revelation that Jesus is the Father. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. Why? You didn't do the will of God. You didn't do it. You might have known it, but you didn't do it. Many will profess to the Lord at that time. We'll say unto Jesus, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We prophesied in your name. We have the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We've cast out devils in your name. We have the power of God. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. You didn't obey God. You didn't find the will of God for your life. And there's only one way to find it. There's only one way to know the voice of God and obey it. And that's Romans 12, 1. And there's other scriptures there too. But that's a primary basic. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, only acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Servitude, servants, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God for you is. Oh, my. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God that worketh in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. We can't do our own will. We've got to do his will. Now, the thing is, is what is this quest for life? It is finding the will of God for that person's individual believer's life and doing it. If God calls you to preach, you better preach. If he calls you to be in governments or helps, you better do it. If God called Brother Beard for mission work, I better do it. And that is only to learn the voice of God in obedience is coming out of this world, being crucified to the world and the world crucified to you. For all any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. Most churches say you can have the world in Jesus too. You can have the world and all the pleasures of this life and have Jesus too. And they say, well, I can't wait. No, you can't serve God in them. And you either love one, hate the other, or hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon money, but yet we set the prosperity gospel up as money. Then everybody gravitates to it and says, well, if I serve God, I'll be blessed in money. Many have erred thinking that gain is godliness from such turn away. All that will be rich fall into many deceitful and hurtful lust that will be rich. That Love of money is the root of all evil. And you can't serve God in money. For all the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the world passes away with the lust thereof. But whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever. One thing about the false church, Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, an abomination of this world, of this earth. All that thy soul lusted after. They lust after the things of the world and thinking they're okay. I had not known lust except the law had said, thou shall not covet. You covet the things of the world and think Jesus is the one getting it for you. Now there's blessings, yes, but just rich toward God and not rich. Everything is used. Colossians 3.17. All that you do, do as unto the Lord. We work, we work unto the Lord. Whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Praying without ceasing. Continually following the leading of the Holy Ghost. And thanking God for the opportunity to be a servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we stacking up? Well, we're at the final last day sealing now. God's sealing his servants now for the work of the ministry, the last day work of God for this gospel of the kingdom. 
will be preached to all the world for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. That's the work of the ministry. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up of it. Until we all come into unity of the faith, not a denomination. Forget the denominations. It'll be one body, be a body movement. It'll take the world. In the former reign, all that were in Jerusalem were the apostles only. Where was the church? They were scattered abroad. Whenever we're preaching and teaching the kingdom of God, these that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. Book of Acts says so. Then will God do it again? Yes, exactly. The latter rain will be far greater. The last great rain of his strength. In Daniel 12, after God has accomplished the scatter of the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. After a time, times a dividing of a time. This is where we are now. How are we faring? How are we on our checklist? How are we adding up before our Lord Jesus Christ? Remember, he said, take heed lest a singular promise, a promise, slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest. Hebrews 4. There remaineth the rest to the people of God. If Jesus had given given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. He said, the time is coming, and now he is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and those that hear shall live. Right now, Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. If any man will hear my voice, any man have an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It's come out. Be you separate. Don't fall into the denominational, well, everything's okay and you're there, you're saved and there's no growth. You don't have to be in the unity of the faith. This body of Christ coming into one because you're already saved. Sanctified, you're on your way to heaven. (laughs) Woe be to them that are at ease in Zion. Jesus said, I'll I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. It's time to get stirred. Pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul put it this way. I, as far as perfection, I'm not perfect yet. Neither have I already attained. Now here's Paul that wrote 14 books of the New Testament. Literally, the gospel of grace given to us through this apostle, Paul. And he said, I have not already saved. I am trying to apprehend that. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. I'm trying to handle This is that spirit. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to these things that are before us. This new thing that God is doing. The things of faith that was once delivered to the saints, which were honestly contended for that faith that was once delivered to the saints, but in a new season. The new wine, the new thing. The new wine skins that God is preparing us for that new wine now must be put in a new wine skin. Paul said, I'm pressing toward that mark. I'm reaching forth of those things of faith unto perfection. 
pressing toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. There's the mind of Christ. There's the mind of the signal of service of God in their foreheads, Revelation 7. It's the mind of Christ. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. What? That there is a final time, not a beginning of the race, not a middle of it, but overcoming to the end. Not a loft, Beth, Gobble, Dela, all the way to the top, the last letter. Literally coming to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ under perfection. We do those. The Lord will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. If we do not and obey, do not do the will of God and obey his will, he'll say, I never do you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's up to us. How we... How do we fare on our checklist? How are, how are we doing? How are you doing? We're all pressing toward that mark. Well, let's give an account. Let's do some introspection. Let's examine ourselves to see whether we'll be in the faith, in the current, present truth, in the present light of the word of God in truth. Or we, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another, blood flow. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So don't let anybody tell you this is all there is. There's more to come. And there's greater glory for you. If the Holy Ghost has bore witness with your spirit that this is truth. We'd love to hear from you. God gathering his body into one now for the work of the ministry in the unity of the faith. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You may have questions. We would love to hear from you. We'll do our best to answer any questions you might have. Or you may want to just message us and work together in the ministry of the unity of the faith. You can do so by messaging me at any of our websites. Sealinggodspeople.org Sealinggodspeople.com or DennisBeard.org God's doing it now. It's a great work. It's the last great reign of his strength. He's doing it now. He's speaking to the people, the voice that hear the voice of the Lord. They will be the overcomers. They will be the instruments. Meet for the master's use. That will proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world. Or witness to all nations in the work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry. That he's doing now will not be through a denomination. It'll be through the Lord God himself leading his body in the great army in this true revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.